Hey guys, and welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. I'm George Tello. Today I have tons of results to talk about, and there are some significant changes in the standings, maybe not for the top guys, but for some of, the, some of those in the middle of both D2 and D1 respectively. The league table, uh, the league leader table may have changed a bit. I'll get into that. There's a, there obviously update you on the news of FIFA going on around the world. There is a team highlight uh, for LAFC today. Uh, I will talk about Edison's wonderful team and what they've done so far this season. And of course, my power rankings for this section of the season. I hope you guys really enjoy this podcast. If you do or don't, doesn't matter. Send feedback to the Instagram page at San Pedro FIFA League. And of course, if you have Facebook, you could send it to me directly or through the San Pedro FIFA League. Um, It doesn't really matter. We are going to take that in and we are all going to get together and figure that one out. Guys, I am recording this on the 22nd of July for the 24th. Now, I know what you're thinking, a weekly podcast, it kind of takes away from the fun of listening over and over again, but we haven't had much content lately, and that's not why, I mean, that's a part of the reason why I'm doing one a week, but it's also so that you guys get more information at one time, and it's not so bad. You don't have to sit there through multiple podcasts to catch up. I hope that's something that we all agree upon is that I was burying some of you guys with podcast after podcast. You don't have to worry about that. From now on, they'll be once a week, and you guys can all relax. If this is the first time you're hearing about this. Now, of course, I always like the feedback, so once again, send it to those respective social media sites. As for that, I hope you guys enjoy this week's podcast. All right, so welcome into the podcast, guys. Let's get right into the first result. We'll start in D2 between the uh, the match between Benfica and Man City. It was Benfica 3, City 2. Benfica getting two goals from Kanate and Ron Gear. And Dostin Bale, once again for Man City, being the guys who are clearly the massive reason that City even were probably able to even keep themselves in this game. Uh, assists coming from Kanate, Marlos, and Yilmaz. Bale and Hazard getting assists for Man City. There were some cards in this game. Hazard and Volt both getting yellow cards. And Toprak was sent off. He will miss the first game of the season against Bayern come August. Um, There is a significance in this result. uh, But I'll get to that in a bit. Because I have two nice results to report from Atlanta United. Atlanta United 2, Lyon 2. Maybe a little bit of change going on for Mike as he's starting to maybe... Put himself above Jalan. He's going to try and pass him, I'm sure, at some point in the season, if not right now. And it's looking like we have a pretty good battle for that second spot to go promotion. Of course, with the tie, you'd have to play your way in. But that second playing spot is looking like a very uh, tight fight right now at the moment. If anybody slips above Atlanta and Benfica, I think uh, those two teams could very much take advantage uh, this one was a really bad post to read. Um, obviously, Mike, in the future, I hope he posts better. I don't even want to look and try and dive into the stats on this one. But I will say for his second game against Man City, where he completely obliterated him 4-1, to one, uh, he got it a lot better. Assist coming from Hazard for Man City. Barty and Ilianuse for Atlanta getting assists. Piatti Ocampos getting goals in this game. But the main story was 
Christian Benteke, three goals in this game, the hat trick. And of course, a little bit worse of a result for Man City, who just are teetering down and down. Of course, I know that they're just their first season back. They're going to need the cash that comes at the end of this first season. And I think we could expect more from City in the future. As for Atlanta United, this is a good sign for Mike Golosic because now he can go forward and continue to have a goal scorer in Benteke that apparently no one at the bottom of the table can stop at the moment. Um, of course, that affects our standings, and this is how. Now, not much has changed overall, but it does affect the fact that the, the money situation in D2, right? Because it's so small of a division this year, the money situation in the middle of the table where you're trying to improve your team and you may not go up, that is going to be mildly affected. But what's more affected is the play-in spots, the four and five spots in the standings. As for right now, though, Lyon's still set at the bottom of the table with just four points there in the last place. City just a point ahead in 10th. Atletico Madrid on eight points in 9th place. Bayern Munich in 8th with 12. They do have two games in hand on, on Atlanta United and one on Benfica. However, a win in Bayern's next game cannot have them pass Benfica, but only Atlanta United. Benfica do sit in 6th with 16, with Atlanta United in 7th with 14. We saw those two results that they got. Those are very important. If Atlanta United want a chance to go into the playing spot, and they are very much still in this, the points difference is not that much. But Celtic and Fiorentina both have three games in hand on Atlanta United. And they have two games in hand on Benfica. Celtic sitting right now in the fifth spot with 16 points. They are technically tied with Benfica. But in the next two results, you'd expect Dre and, and his team to continue to go up on the table. As for Martin, he was one of the best managers last month. He will move up in the table, I'm sure, uh, with maybe a win or two in his next couple of games. As for PSG, Young Boys, and Arsenal, they haven't really played a game since I talked to you guys last. They still sit 1-2-3, respectively, in the automatic promotion spots. So, into the league leaders now. Assist and goal, and excuse me, clean sheets has not changed since last week. However, the goals have changed. You have now a new top five. Gareth Bale now with eight goals. Jamie Vardy with 10. He's tied with Musa Kanate and Benzema from that two to four spot. We do have a new goal leader, though, and it's Atlanta United's Christian Benteke, who's put himself three goals clear from the rest of the people in this particular stat line. I've been mildly impressed with Christian Benteke. And, of course, I did my power rankings before I, you know, was going to do this podcast, and I got to say, uh, of course, he's on my list, but Christian Benteke is now taking a step up, and the value for him, if I am Mike in the future, is going to be a lot higher. I'm sure he values this player very much, uh, but of course, I will get to those rankings later in the podcast. Um, they may not always, uh, they may not reflect what uh, Benteke has done for these last two games, but you can bet your ass he's on there. That's pretty much it for D2 for today. There wasn't many other results to talk about. Um, I am looking forward to what the top three are doing. I know in the past podcasts I've previewed uh, their games and what's coming up for them, and I don't know if they're avoiding it, but they have about a week and a half to get that done. And, of course, there is you know, no real problems with getting games done in this league. I just wish that people wouldn't wait to the last minute. It is so fun to talk about uh, what's going on. But... Let's move on to the FA Cup because there was some games played. 
Chelsea played Man City in a 3-1 contest. Salah had two goals with Dybala adding one. Piazzi getting a goal for Man City. Uh, Kasuki Honda getting the assist on that one. Dybala and Zaha adding assist for Chelsea. Uh, Garcia picking up the yellow card in what was pretty much an expected uh, win for Chelsea. Obviously, City needed to win this game um, in order to give themselves a chance to go up because of the result between Porto and PSG. Porto put themselves in a very good position. Winning that particular game 3-2. to two. Now, on to the other result that was played in the FA Cup. Spurs 6, Benfica nil. Pretty much no help coming for Wolves. Says the Wolves needed a result against Tottenham in order to give themselves a chance to go past them and maybe even go to the top of the table in this particular group. Kane, Erickson with two goals. Rabio, Bernardo Silva grabbing goals as well. Kane with two assists. He is the clear-cut man of the match from this one. Uh, red card coming from Pavone. Uh, so obviously he will miss some games in the future. We'll see uh, if that is something that could affect Benfica in the league. Um, as for uh, the league has yet to hand out when those suspensions uh, will be given out. Of course, Paul Lopez picking up the clean sheet. And of course, speaking of that Spurs-Wolves result, it was 3-2 to Spurs. Bernardo Silva, Kane, and Lingard scoring. Deli Alli got two. You were able to watch that game on Twitch, and it was a fantastic game. Lots of goals. Uh, Felipe Anderson getting two assists. Erickson, Walker, and Royce for Spurs with the assists. This is what I'm talking about. This is These are the kind of games you want to put on Twitch, so kudos to Andrew and Aaron. Uh, I know that Andrew didn't get the result, but if I'm him and the way my team played and some of the mistakes, you got to admit it's those things are going to happen in FIFA. Uh, you're just going to have to limit them. Aaron and Spurs made tons of mistakes as well. Uh, you almost expected that this game was going to end in a tie, a high-scoring tie, but in the end, a little bit of bounce the right way. It came right to Lingard, and he was able to put the ball in the back of the net late in the game. And, of course, you know, Wolves had to sit all, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Kaita Balde in this game. And that is a, a big part of their offense. I would like to say that Abba was and is a very good striking partner with Jovic. We didn't get to see that combination in this game because uh, he was having to sit. As for Spurs, though, before I move on, of course, this is massive, and here's why. Spurs now, with that victory, uh, with those two victories, excuse me, will now be on 13 points. I know that uh, the Wolves result has been recorded. That's when they went top of the table. Then it was all for them to do against Jalant and Benfica. That game has yet to be recorded. Obviously, I'll give you guys all the FA Cup news as it comes down, and of course, I'll give you my group stage uh, team uh, team of the group stage rather at, before we head to the knockout stages. I hope you guys enjoy that. But for now, Spurs do take the lead in that particular group. Uh, speaking of Chelsea, that game as well against City has not been recorded just yet. But like I said, Porto with one more game to go. Uh, they are three points clear now and are pretty much in pole position to get through the groups, uh, depending on what Josh does. Uh, and of course, that Chelsea are easily into the next round. I don't think anyone was expecting anything less from the Chelsea side. I'm going to break up this part of the podcast and then we'll get into the D1 guys. Of course, they have been setting the president uh, precedent, excuse me, from uh from the first day of the season and they continue to do so. I will get into that in a bit. So before we get into the D1 part of the podcast, I thought you guys would like to hear from Evan. So Evan and I had a conversation over voice message and this one was through the Anchor app, and I could actually have a conversation with him. It was just easier to do it then. We didn't have time to do uh, an interview, but I sent him a series of questions for him to answer. 
basically I asked him his place where he thinks he'll finish at the end of the season. How do I, how has his season gone so far? Do I think uh, the guys on the bottom, does he think the guys on the bottom three can uh, provide a threat to him? And can he avoid that relegation zone altogether? Um, of course, now after I sent him the questions, he went on that really good run. He currently sits ninth, but you'll hear what he has to say about that. He also, I asked him who his favorite player, who his best player is so far this season. I then continued to ask him who his biggest rival in the league was. I, of course, asked him as well, who do I think will be coming in and out of the team come midseason window? Because obviously there's some changes that need to be made for this team. And then, of course, because of his success in winning the group in the FA Cup over Augsburg, which is a big surprise, I asked him what he thought of his chances were for, for winning the FA Cup. So I hope you guys enjoy this little response that Evan had set up. And then after that, we'll get into the D1 part of the podcast. Hey, George. Hopefully you can hear me all right. Um, so I'll just go through each of your questions um, with, uh, with some answers. Um, so how do I think my first season in D1 has gone, and where do I think I'll end up at the end of the season? Um, I think I started off my first, my first month really brutal. Um, I had a really bad schedule. I didn't really fully figure out my team yet in terms of uh, you know best formation, lineup, and and kind of the style, how I wanted to play with the players. But um, the last two months have gone really well, I'm kind of slowly climbing up the ladder now and uh, from the, uh, the hole I dug. Um, but bull prediction, um, you know, I don't want to sound cocky, but I think I'll finish in the top six by the end of the season. Uh, we'll see. And uh, I believe I will avoid the relegation zone. Um, you know, the three teams, I think, will be there at the end of the season. That's kind of a tough one to, to answer. But, you know, if the first three months are, you know, any indication, I was just checking the standings. Um, looks like Newcastle, Porto, and Dortmund. Um, but, you know, I think all of those teams have enough talent to, to dig themselves out of the hole that they're in right now. But I got to say it'd be pretty funny to see Neymar and Hazard in D2 for, for Kashima. Um, I feel like he'd just score a stupid amount of goals with them in D2. So I definitely think my best player so far, and I don't think it's any surprise, would be Havertz. Um, he's been supplying a, a ton of big-time goals for me and, and creating a lot of opportunities. Um, definitely my favorite player on my team um, right now. And I think uh, another underlooked player of mine is probably Tomas Party. Um, he's kind of like a one-man wrecking crew in the center, and he's he's been productive at things that don't really make the stat sheet, but um, saved my ass a lot of time so far this season. Uh, biggest rival in the in the league? Um, uh, that's a funny question. Um, I don't really know like Joey as a person, really, other than just you know messaging back and forth every now and then, but. Um, I don't think he's really a rival as a person per se, but he did beat me by three points in D2 last season. Uh, and we always have some really epic games. He's got a, such a good team. Um, so maybe him. And then I'd also say just Real Madrid, just because of the fact that I hate Real Madrid and it's always an El Clasico every time we play. So, you know, nothing against those guys, but I always kind of get extra hyped for uh, for the games against Man U and Madrid uh, just because they're usually, you know, really close and good games. And then anything about my team that I'd like to address in terms of bringing people in and, and selling, um, I definitely need a striker to pair up with Havertz up top. Um, you know, Moise Keane, he's just not good enough in game yet. Um, definitely going to be hanging on to him, and, and I think he will be eventually. But 
Um, you know, I probably won't be able to buy a top striker uh, mid-season window. I uh, probably don't have enough money to do that, and I feel like I'd just be kind of wasting it. Uh, so I'll probably, you know, wait till the uh, the off season and, and get my winnings and try and buy a, a you know a striker to pair up top with them. Um, I also, you know, I have a, my eye on a few cheap prospects for the midseason window, but we'll see if I actually want to spend the money. And then in terms of players, I'll most likely be selling. Um, you know, I'll plug my players right now if anyone's interested. Um, uh, Angel Correa and El Shirawe will probably be uh, be on the move this offseason if anyone's interested. Hit me up. And my chance to win the FA Cup, man. If I had to put a number on it, it's not good. Probably about a 10% chance at best um, with the current team I have. I think unless I get, you know, like a really good draw and then some of the bigger teams, you know, like Chris and Santi, they get upset in the process uh, before I have to see them. That'd be awesome. Um, so not a great chance, but it's not impossible either. We'll see. So, guys, that was Evan. Of course, he's talking about the great run he's been on of late. I will get to where he's at in the standings, but let's get to the results that put him in that position. Uh, Barcelona 4, Porto 0, Havertz, Partey, Correa, and Tello, not me, uh, scoring in this game. Zayek and, uh, with two assists, Havertz and Correa adding as well. Havertz and Mbappe picking up yellow cards, and Handanovic, the clean sheet. Of course, you have to beat the teams at the bottom of the table, right? If you want to go up, Porto, uh, more of the same, though. They have been struggling even with the talent on their team. You know, obviously, Evan, in that little excerpt uh, where he was answering all the questions I sent him, uh, he was, uh, you know, talking about how Kashima could go down. This was one of the weirdest results I, I think I've seen from the past uh, month or so. Kashima just completely dominating this game. I mean, there was combined, I believe it was 27 tackles in this game. All four corners going to Kashima. They had almost 60% possession. 12 shots, six on target. Unfortunately, no goals went in. Them and Dynamo split the point. Uh, I'll obviously get into what that means in the standings in a bit. There is a lot to digest from these teams at the bottom of the table at the moment. All of them have kind of had an influence on what's going on in the season. Speaking of another big game, we got the witty Ryan Hart Derby, uh, Chelsea and Kashima battling it out. Pretty good game. Another game, if you're just looking at possession and you're looking at uh, you know the fouls and the tackles, looked like Ryan played a pretty clean game. He was passing incredibly high at 85%. But the disappointment from the season continues to go on. Chelsea 2, Kashima 1, uh, outpossessed the, the league leaders currently at the moment. Unfortunately, just not able to get anything out of this game. Kashima do need something to happen in the midseason window. Um, and, of course, Chelsea, <laughs> I don't think they need to add anything else to that incredible, incredible uh, team that they have so far. Of course, that helps when you have Zaha scoring twice. Uh, Hazard getting the goal for Kashima in that game, along with Zaha getting to assist. Back to that incredible Barcelona run that I've been talking about. They win 2-0 over Houston Dynamo. Havertz with two goals. He continues to add to his goal tally. I'll get to that uh, stat line in a bit. Zayek and El Shadawe getting the assist. And of course, uh, you guys did hear that El Shadawe could be potentially a uh, a candidate to leave Barcelona in the midseason window. So, of course, that's something that's possible. Clean sheet for Handanovic once again. As we move on to the next Barcelona result, as good as LAFC have been over the last, I don't know, month and a half, and I will talk about them later in the podcast, Barcelona went right through them 4-1, goals coming for Havertz twice, Correa and Thilo Kiher getting the goals. LAFC is just Acosta doing his thing. 
uh, Tello, Havertz, El Shadarway, all getting the assists in this one with DaCosta for LAFC doing it. One goal in the last three games for Barcelona has been allowed during that run, right, of those last three games. Well, he ran into Chelsea, and let's just say he got obliterated 3-0. The possession was close. There was a lot of tackling going on in this game, a lot of shots on goal, uh, but unfortunately none of them went in uh, for the red-hot Barcelona side. Chelsea able to get two goals from uh, Ronaldo and one from Zaha. Zaha also contributing with an assist along with Dybala. Fortunately for LAFC, that was not the last result that went their way. Royce and Erickson getting a goal. Erickson grabbing two, actually, in a 3-1 Spurs win over LAFC. Ben Yedder finally able to score a goal with Mares getting the assist. Those two are the main catalysts for LAFC, able to get them uh, some type of notoriety in this game. But Christian Erickson, the man of the match, with two goals and an assist. Danilo and Vecino with yellow cards in this game. I'll get into what that means in the standings in a bit. Mostly because... On to the next result, Chelsea 6, Atletico Nacional 3, Ronaldo 4 goals, Zaha with 2, uh, Rodriguez, Gredel, and Quaresma for Nacional get goals, Mendy, Salah, Tabala, Ronaldo, and Zaha all picking up uh, assists in this game. There were no cards or injuries to report. Uh, of course, the ridiculous stat line from this game comes from the 15 shots and 10 on target for Chelsea. And, of course, the possession is so close, there is potentially some weakness in this Chelsea team is that they rely on the direct play uh, you know, from Ronaldo and being able to just play direct football. Uh, I can imagine that it's a lot harder to, you know, it's easier to talk about stopping than it is to actually do it. Uh, but with Ronaldo scoring the amount of goals he is, I don't doesn't look uh, it, like anybody else could catch Chelsea besides maybe Lyon. Uh, and pretty much I think we're starting to see a two-horse race. And the reason I'm mostly saying this is because of the two results I have left to read. The third team in this big race that we have at the top of the table may have slipped. Augsburg and Roman, a 1-1 tie with Barcelona, who granted have been red hot. Goals from Mkhitaryan and Correa. Tello, not me, getting the assist for Barcelona and Sterling for Augsburg. By the way, Sterling has been incredibly good for Augsburg. Not enough goals probably coming from him. I think that Roman probably foreseen a little bit more of a uh, complete attacking game. Unfortunately, in this one, not the case. A big drop in points, but it's the next result against Atletico Nacional. Now, that really hurts Roman and his team. A 2-1 loss in this one. Uh, Rodriguez, uh, James Rodriguez and Quaresma with the two assists in this game. Immobile gets a goal for Augsburg. But Yusuf Paulson's two goals is enough. And, of course, there's some big injuries in this game. Gradle, Immobile, and Benarabi all injured in this game. So there is some big injuries to talk about. And we'll see how this affects Augsburg as Immobile was his top scorer last year. Maybe not his best overall player. Uh, but 40 goals out for three games. And, you know, you have a guy like that with that much potential to score goals out for that, uh, that long. It really could affect the consistency of this Augsburg side. So let's get into the standings and our league leaders. Of course, the standings have not been altered as all those games that I talked about are not yet uh, submitted or, um, excuse me, recorded through the league. But right now, it looks like Newcastle and Porto will still stick at the bottom with Borussia Dortmund. Chelsea do get the point from their game, but it's not enough to pass Atletico Nacional, who do have that victory and will go on 17 points uh, for sure. We'll see how that affects everyone else. Dynamo did lose their last game of the month. And, of course, they're going to have to figure out what they can do uh, because, barring something crazy from Roma, uh, Kashima, uh, Houston Dynamo could be looking at a play-out spot. 
Of course, Real Madrid, another team like that. They sit 13th. Manchester United have yet to play. We will see them this month at some point, I'm sure, and they will climb the standings. They sit 12th. Tottenham did have that big 6-0 win in the FA Cup, but they haven't really done anything up until this month, right? So they are starting to catch fire. People might want to watch out for Tottenham. They obviously got that big win against LAFC, as they will now be on 23 points, just something to look forward to. AC Milan in 10th. Barcelona have completely shot up the table. They are now in 9th place on 24 points. Nothing uh, short of impressive from this Barcelona team, especially the 1-1 tie against Augsburg. LAFC, a team I will talk about in a bit. Struggling a little bit of late with the two losses to Barcelona and to uh, Tottenham Hotspur. But there is a chance to rebound. They do have some games left this month. Right now, before the updated standings, LAFC do sit 8th, Juventus in 7th, Liverpool in 6th. They each have one game left in this month. Club America with three games left to play. They sit 5th. Wolves are all done. They had 33 points. They are in 4th. Lyon sit in 3rd. Augsburg in 2nd. And Chelsea, currently the top spot. They, of course, had that win in the FA Cup and in the league. And they will, I'm sure, continue to rise in the standings, I'm sure, before the end of this month. Um, we will be talking about a really high goal, uh, excuse me, a really high uh, goal difference uh, for the top team in the league. As for now, nothing much has changed in the standings too dramatically. Of course, you guys will get that update and it'd be something you'd want to check as the week goes on from the league. I'm sure they'll update it by the time I'm done recording this today. Uh, as for the league leaders, and uh, this is important. The assists, of course, have changed a little bit, but not too much for me to really report. Clean sheets have not taken an alternate uh, route at this point. It's still Stokosha uh, leading the way. I will say this, though. Costa and Salah looks like we have a battle for who's going to be the top assistman in the league. Right now, it looks like anybody who plays on Chelsea has a chance to lead the league in some type of category. And speaking of that man, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, he had the four goals. Um in what has been a remarkable start for this Chelsea team. Um, you know, Salah getting two goals to go along with that uh, in that particular game against Atletico Nacional in a 6-3 route. That would put Ronaldo on three, or excuse me, 30 goals on the season, and that's just something to watch out for, guys. He is, and, and, and Chris, before I talk, uh, the season started, he goes, 50 is not just a goal, it's an expectation almost. Uh, so he is carrying that out. He is continuously carrying that out. Um, as for, you know, everyone else that's right there, Lukaku's been able to hang around, but it's looking like the surprise of the season has taken a dip in form just a bit. Uh, Kai Havertz, obviously, we will get an update on his goal amount. I know he had about three, four goals that we can add to his tally. He is easily over the 20 goal mark. That has put him on a unreasonable level that I don't think anyone's seen. I don't think anyone expected Evan to have one kind of player like Kai Havertz be this good. And, of course, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Harry Kane still battling it out for the top five spot in the league. There is a lot to uh, get into as the, this month comes to an end. But for now, that's the end of the D1 part of this podcast. After this, you guys will hear about LAFC and the wonderful run that they have started so far this season. All right, guys. So now it's time to talk about LAFC. And this is the second team that I will talk about in the team highlight um, of course, this is Edison's third season playing in the San Pietro FIFA League. And, of course, this is his second season in D1. Now, the season before, he was impressive. He was solid, and he got himself to the middle of the table, and he stayed there. 
But this year is a lot different from this LAFC team as we've seen a significant rise in talent on their team, bringing in Riyad Mahrez for 40 million euros from Manchester United. We're seeing acquisitions and bringing in players over time. In the past, he's brought in Hector Bellerin. Of course, bringing in guys like Rahul Jimenez. And of course, Wassam Ben Yedder, who has completely tore up D1 and all the uh, competitions that have gone with it. Not to mention some standouts on the defensive side with Lindelof uh, being one of the guys that was is constantly being rated uh, by the Team of the Month committee. Now, LFC currently sit eighth, and as I talked about earlier in the podcast, they have slipped up a bit. They may drop a position or two. They will lose a goal difference or two, but we won't focus just too much on where they sit in the standings as of right now. Let's get to the beginning of the season. The VT Cup, they were in the final, and it really has set the marker for this team. I talked about last week how since Spurs' two-game tie with uh, uh, Wayne's uh, Dortmund side, Uh, at the end of last season, really set a marker for them this season. They've dramatically improved, and even though they won't win a title, they are improving, and that is what I'm sure Spurs want to see. Very similarly, LAFC are doing something along those lines. Finishing middle of the table last year, they are now in eighth, and being eighth and above in this league is pretty significant. More so, top four is, of course, where the elite of the elite sit, but Stepping into the top eight, top six area is a place you want to move to next. It is the next step for LAFC. Like I said, bringing in the acquisitions that they have, well, they've made an impact. Riyad Mahrez with five assists and eight goals across the season so far. Lataro Acosta being incredibly uh, versatile player with seven assists, five goals. And of course, Moses Simone with six assists and five goals to go along with some really good performances from the midfield from Matias Vecino, who has five assists from his respective position. Of course, the best player on this team is Wissam Ben Yedder. Throughout the season, two assists, but 25 goals to show for it. And of course, when I talk about teams like Chelsea later on in the season, of course, I'll wait to talk about Chris's team, mostly because he'll have a just an exponential stat line for every player. You have to look at the little things on these teams. Mattia Perrin, the goalkeeper with four clean sheets. That puts him in the top 10 in clean sheets in the league. Guys like Wilson Ben Yedder, I know he's the best player on this team, but he's top 10 in goals for the season. And even though he has struggled a bit lately along with the team, we can't ignore the impact he had in that VT Cup performance. And of course, that has been effective for most of the season. Most guys that I talk to uh, have said Wilson Ben Yedder is one of the best Strikers in the league, whether that proves true at the end of the season, we will see. Of course, Ben Yedder was the only LAFC player uh, to be in the Team of the Month last month. And of course, Lindelof was considered, like I said, by the Team of the Month committee. Um, it was a hard thing to uh, you know, kind of leave off Lindelof. But at the end of the day, there is still some talent on this LAFC team. Of course, we can dive in and try and hurt Edison's feelings, but I was able to talk to him. I got his thoughts on a lot of different things that were going on. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to record it. For the record, sending voice messages through Facebook does not allow me to save the voice message. Unfortunately, that is why I was not able to bring it to you. And he, of course, got busy with work. He's a very busy guy. But the things I did talk to him about, 
was what he expects from this team. And unlike you heard from Evan, where Evan feels like he can go into the standings and do stuff, Edison took more of a realistic approach in the sense that, listen, if I finish eighth, I'm happy. If I finish in the top six, I'm even happier. Edison realizes that, yeah, okay, Ben Yedder is my top goal scorer. He is my best player. Riyad Mahrez has been impactful. And he knows that come midseason, he's going to have to make a move that really improves this team. But with the little amount of players he has now, and even though the talent is there, it's very young talent, very unproven. He knows that this team will improve, whether it's in-house and they continue to develop excuse me, with real-life play. Especially guys like Raul Jimenez, who has been given an extreme amount of love lately. Letaro Acosta is getting better. And we'll see how Lindelof works with another season at Manchester United. There is a lot to dabble in that in the sense of real performance affecting this team. Guys like Wissam Ben Yedder may not get much better, but a guy like Riyad Mahrez could be really pushing the overall up as he's just won the Africa Cup of Nations with his country, Algeria. Those are the things you have to hope for if you're Edison. But let's say he can't bring anybody in, or excuse me, can't develop in-house. Of course, he was very open to bringing in players. He realizing that there is a lot that you can do. There is a lot that can be changed. He has looked at teams like Chelsea and Lyon, and he has seen what it takes to build that kind of success. As for who might be coming out this season, he said he's not entirely sure who he would take out, but he's willing to listen to offers. And I do think that if I'm Edison, and I'm just giving my personal opinion now, I don't know if I break this team up just yet. You are in eighth place, and yes, you lost to a red-hot Barcelona team, and you lost to a Spurs team, both teams very good at the moment. But you're still in eighth with house money, and I think, yes, you spent $40 million, which is a club record for LAFC in this league. Right now, spending more money may not be the best option. Sometimes, it's okay to play with house money and see how far you can go. Also, if I'm Edison, I really, really hope that my guys continue to develop. And even if they don't, FIFA skill aside... Picking apart your team one position at a time is always the best option. Patience and assertiveness at the same time is what made Chelsea successful. Brought in players they knew they could play with. And that's what Essen has to continue to do. He brought in Rian Mares. Rian Mares looks like a 10-10 guy on the entirety of the season. Wissam Benyeter looks like he can possibly, and he's on pace, to break the 40-goal mark for the entire season. We'll see if he can crack some goals in the FA Cup to really help his chances. But as for everyone else on this team, there is contributions coming from everyone. There is a total of 16 outfield players' contributions throughout the season. And that's five more than the team I highlighted last week in Tottenham Hotspur. And that's what I'm saying. You have contributions coming from everyone. Even if it's one or two goals, it doesn't matter. Even if it's one or two assists, to just to know that most of your team can contribute is an important factor for any team in this league. As for LAFC, it could be something that tips the scale. If this improves and more of these 16 outfield players continue to be impressive and continue to boost up the team, 
and Edison doesn't have to spend any money, I think that will be a successful end to the season, regardless of where he finishes. Now, like I said, a top eight finish is where you want to be. And of course, there are some hungry sharks right behind him in Tottenham. And of course, we don't know what we're going to get from Manchester United just quite yet. As for the rest of the league, watch out though, because this team does have potential to be scary because they have something you can't measure, and that is just pure in fact will. Edison has been able to win some games, and to his credit, he has admitted, I don't know how I won that game. But it's the determination of this team, and the fact is they do have some raw talent to go along with that, that really helps Edison a lot. Of course, he is one of the more assertive managers in the league when you're playing against him. He's very aggressive on offense, and he will he is not afraid to put a tackle in as well. That is the end of this team highlight for LAFC, of course. I'm going to continue to talk about more teams as the season goes on. I have not yet decided who I'm going to bring on for next week. I will, of course, let that manager know, and I will probably keep it a secret for now. Um, I'm obviously going to break up this part of the podcast. We're going to take a break, and when I come back, it's time to get into the power rankings for this part, excuse me, part three of the power rankings. Oops, I almost forgot about something. FIFA news. Of course, I know that it's not the most important thing for you guys to uh, to hear about every week, but I thought I'd bring you guys, um, you know, just different topics as the season goes on. And I have three for today. The first one, and this is just a source coming out of ESPN, uh, sources say that Real Madrid would let Gareth Bale go to China for free, uh, mostly just to take his wages off the books. Now, this is just a rumor. Uh, of course, Zinedine Zidane yesterday came out and said, basically, get him the hell out of here. I don't want him here. Uh, he, I don't have plans for him. He's been saying this all summer, ever since he retook the job back. But my thing is, is that Gareth Bale, and he's been injured a lot, so stick with me here, has been a very important player for Real Madrid, especially in the Champions League, just like Ronaldo has been. We've seen how affected they've been since Ronaldo has left. And of course, I know that Bale is a shell of his former self, but he's only 30. And contrary to what people say about soccer players in their 30s or athletes in their 30s, medicine and the physical attributes of these players, and I know Bale is kind of on the, on, the, you know, on the fence with that one, because of his injury history, but just in general, guys 30 and up should not be given such a bad rap. They have done uh, a lot of work already in their careers. And I and also, like I was saying, with the medicine and with all the technology we have now, I think these guys can play for a lot longer than they have in the past. As for Bale, though, I think that's where Real Madrid is cutting their ties. You're looking at guys like Luka Modric and Sergio Ramos who are into the latter part of their their uh, their careers, yet they are given almost 100 percent more respect uh, from Zinedine Zidane and Real Madrid and I don't know if that comes from anything in particular but it looks like Gareth Bale is more than likely going to leave on to topic number two because I'm an Arsenal fan I have to throw this in here Eddie Nkita needs to stay at Arsenal this season there are rumors that he might be leaving on loan to a Premier League or a Italian League club now, there is no clear-cut response from Unai Emery and Arsenal just at the moment, but Eddie Anquita, in just this preseason alone, has scored three goals, one against Bayern and two against Fiorentina, and all those coming in his last two games. And I know that it's preseason, and some guys take it lightly. The intensity maybe isn't there, but for a 20 or 19-20-year-old kid to come in there and be impactful like that, 
to be the third striker potentially for Arsenal this season. I think he should stay. Um, most reports are expecting him to stay. I think Emery will listen to the fans on this one uh, because he did let Eddie go last season. He was brought back, and uh, he did play really well in the games he was given a chance to play in, along with guys like Joe Willock, who I think should stay at Arsenal this season, mostly because of all the departures that they've had and the fact that they supposedly have no money to spend. So on to my last story, and it is from Manchester United, as I mostly focus on the champion, or excuse me, the Champions League and the Premier League teams on this podcast. Uh, two easy reports to give out, or maybe even three. Olegano Soskar has come out and said that he is looking for a new skipper, and potentially David De Gea could be that guy. David De Gea is set to sign a six-year deal, according to ESPN, worth 140 million pounds. That is just a rumor that has not been confirmed yet by the club, and of course. Speaking of guys who should come into teams, uh, it looks like Alderweireld is going to stay with Tottenham and not join Manchester United uh, because Spurs have said no one has even offered to trigger the 25 million euro release clause for the veteran center back. So it doesn't look like United will be adding in the defense department. It looks like they're just trying to sure up their 28-year-old goalkeeper. One last thing for Manchester United, it does not look, or at least Ali is not planning for Paul Pogba to be leaving. It looks like Paul Pogba will be staying uh, with Manchester United for now. Now, of course, the Premier League window does close earlier uh, than the rest of the leagues in Europe's top five divisions. Of course, he could still move on, and maybe Manchester United is better off for it. That's a whole different topic, uh, but they have until August 31st to move Pogba if that is something they want to do. I almost forgot about this, guys. I just wanted to throw this in the podcast. Let's get you on to the power rankings for this week. All right, so let's get into the power rankings. I know you guys have, of course, been not really eagerly waiting for this. You honestly probably forgot about that I do power rankings uh, once uh, a periodic part of the season. I mostly do it from the 18th of June, or excuse me, the 18th of one month to the 18th of the other. Uh, it kind of breaks up the season. It gives you a different... Uh, perspective on the part of the season that we're in. It kind of makes, hopefully, you guys want to play a little bit harder and step up your game. And this is where we are. As for the teams, I will start with D2. There's only, I believe I did, six teams this time around. This is where I'm at now. At the sixth spot, it's Benfica, Celtic, and PSG at five and four. Fiorentina in third. I had Young Boys and Arsenal at two and one, respectively. Now, Benfica have just come off a game of beating Man City, so they do deserve to keep their spot, even though it looks like Atlanta United are not going to give in too easily at finishing in the bottom half of the table. As for Celtic, I do believe that there is more to come from them, but because they haven't played any games yet, uh, I am not willing to just necessarily give them anything. I have gotten a month of Dre that was impressive, and then that second month that's not so impressive. So we'll see if he meets somewhere in the middle or he's ready to step his game up and get into an automatic promotion spot. As for PSG, Josh does currently sit in a promotion spot, but he seems to be teetering just a little bit. In his last three results, it's a win-loss draw, so he needs to figure things out, and that way he can move up on the table. As for Martin and Fiorentina, I have them at three, mostly because I believe, very assuredly, that they will get into a top three spot, and they will hold on to it. And even if it's temporary that another team passes them, 
this could be one of the most important months for Fiorentina's chances to go up. And I just think that the recent month they had, it's more than enough assurance that they deserve to be in that top three spot, but they're not better than Young Boys and Arsenal just yet. As for Young Boys and Ronnie, that team has been fantastic, constantly scoring goals, and they have one of the top scorers in the league in Jamie Vardy. You'll hear from you'll see or hear his name later when I get to the players part of this podcast. But as for Young Boys, they have David Villa as well stepping up, and once you have more than two catalysts on a team, the team tends to do very well. And we've seen that with Chelsea and teams like Lyon as well in D1, and in D2, Young Boys have that similar contribution. They will look to continue their good start uh, to their month. Of course, the one team that's been able to knock them down, Arsenal, number one spot. Kareem Benzema, of course, with 10 goals along with Vardy. Uh, they have both been very impressive. And even though they've been a little bit uh, stagnant lately, it does look like Arsenal can give themselves one of the most uh, important chances of the season to really push themselves away from everyone else. I would say that it's more than likely possible due to the run of games that they had last month. Obviously, they struggled against the D1 sides they faced in the FA Cup. Uh, but in D2, they seem to be stepping away from everyone. And if that is the case, uh, we could at least see one team lock down their place in D1 next season. As for the players, because this is important, we get to the D2 players. I just did the top five for D2. Uh, there isn't the same amount of games and or players in this compared to D1. So I thought I'd just break this down. At number five is Musa Kanate. Listen, he now has 10 goals and 3 assists when I was about to set this power rankings up. I had to change it a bit because of what Benteke did. Kanate does come in at 5 on my list, but he has still been uh, one of the most impressive players this season. He has got 10 goals on the year, and that is a really good sign for a Benfica team that needs to improve if they want to make it into D1. Number 4 is Rodolfo Pizarro. Five goals, eight assists. He leads the league in assists still. I think that's still reason to keep him in this list. And, of course, he's been the most important Fiorentina player. At number three, I have Kareem Benzema. Ten goals, one assist. Like I said, we haven't seen much from Arsenal this month just yet. Just the one game. But you have to admit what Kareem Benzema has done for this Arsenal side is nothing short of impressive. Speaking of someone who's been impactful as hell, Jamie Vardy at number two on my list, 10 goals, three assists. It has been refining to see a guy I used to have in the league continue to be really good for other people. And Ronnie has loved Jamie Vardy, of course, probably the most important player on his team. But he's right now not the most important player to me. Christian Benteke with 13 goals on the season now leads all of D2. And he has, of course, been the most important player. And, of course, for Atlanta United, he is the player that gives them a chance to get into that last playoff spot, even though right now they're on the outside looking in and will need to continue the good month that they have started. Let's get to the D1 players. And then I'll get to these wonderful D1 teams. Right now, these are the top 10 players in D1. Kai Havertz at number 10. Paulo Dybala at 9. Nicolas Pepe, 8. Kane and Abba, I put them together at 7. Balotelli at 6. Eriksen at 5. Jovic, 4. Costa, 3. Lukaku, 2. And, of course, the unstoppable Cristiano Ronaldo at number 1. Ronaldo, of course, peaking past 30 goals uh, with, the last two, with the two results I talked about in the league this week. Lukaku has continued to be consistent. You can't take him off this list just yet. 
I know that he's this top, uh, the second highest scorer in the league, uh, but of recent form has really uh, dipped since, uh, you know, of course, Houston is starting to dip as well in the standings and they've gone together. Uh, Costa and Jovic are very similar players in the sense that they contribute on all sides of the ball. Um, they can pass or they can score a goal themselves. Of course, Jovic, I wanted to put him higher, 12 goals, 8 assists. Um, but because of the fact that Aubameyang has been so good, and I know you guys are thinking like, whoa, why are we going to give Costa more credit because Messi's not playing up to potential um, over Jovic. I just think that without Costa's assist, Leon would not be third in the standings at the moment. I don't know if they don't have those 13 assists, they would be doing as well as they are. And of course, Santi got off to a really good start on the season. Uh, and of course, he will fade off a bit, just like everyone else. Uh, but without those 13 assists, I just don't see... Uh, that Leon team being as good as they are. As for Jovic, though, you have to give credit to what he's done. Um, he is easily going to be a 15-15 and 15 player. That is for sure. He is the only striker in the league right now with 10 goals and 6 or more assists. That's just unheard of. On to number 5, Christian Eriksen. Listen, 6 goals, 10 assists. He's easily going to go over a 15-15 mark as well as uh, Costa. And, of course, recently, as good as he's been, and we saw it in that cup game, uh, you know, he was, of course, pulling the team together. And I've seen it even more in that game on the Twitch, uh, on the Twitch account for the league. Watching that game between Wolves, you really got to see how important that was. It was a very good midfield battle. Lots of good players in that midfield for both teams. But Christian Eriksen was the best player in that game. And he's continuously been one of the best midfielders in this league so far this season. Speaking of another top striker, though, is Mario Balotelli with 17 goals, 4 assists. I'm not going to knock Balotelli off this list. I did knock him down because it hasn't been as much of an impact lately, but he is still one of the top 10 players right now in this league. As for number seven, I went with two, and I know sometimes you guys don't like that, but Kane and Aubameyang have had similar stats. I know the league has not updated the last few games for Spurs, but if we're just looking at the season as a whole so far, Kane and Aubameyang have been very similar, and they've acted very similar for their teams in the sense that, listen, Aubameyang does score a lot of goals, but you do need someone to score goals for you. Kane does this, a very same job where the balls are going to come into him. It's a matter of him finishing or not. Uh, both have the same amount of assists for now. Of course, like I said, Kane had two assists in one game. He will push past. As for Nicolas Pepe, he is one of the few wingers on my list. Now, Costa, of course, being the top assistman in the league, gets to be on, the assi on, on this list. But Nicolas Pepe, he is on pace to have a 20-20 and 20 season. And remember what I said about Roberto Firmino. Liverpool was not the same without the impact of a player like that. 25-25 and 25 is unheard of. It is one of the hardest things to do in this league. But it looks like Nicolas Pepe, from the wing, is going to have a chance to do that. And he's 8 on my list. And I really think that if America continues to play the style of game that they're playing, where it's defense first, counter-attacking, uh, in some aspects of the game, but when they get in the final third and they're possessing and everyone's getting involved, Nicolas Pepe tends to shine, and that's where uh, I think he can continue this great run that he's had so far. As for number nine, we got a new player on this list, Paulo Dybala, nine goals, seven assists. We can't knock the impact that Salah's had, but he has not scored the goals, and he's not on a pace that Dybala is on. Like many of the players on this list, Dybala is on pace to go 15-15, and it's really showing the depth and true mark of 
talent on this Chelsea team that they not only have a guy like Ronaldo on the list who's scoring thousands of goals, you also have a guy who's doing everything uh, in every cat and hitting every category that's important in our league. And Paulo Dybala continues to do it, and he's done it kind of quietly. Uh, but I noticed it this month, and I thought I'd like to shine a light a little bit on what he's doing. As for the last guy on my list, Kai Havertz, and he's MVP of Barcelona, no doubt. Uh, you heard Evan say it. He knows that that's his guy. This is all Barcelona got right now. Moise Keane has struggled, like Evan said earlier in this podcast, and he is going to need a partner for Kai Havertz. He is easily going to go over 30 goals on the season. Maybe a contribution from assist is needed from Kai Havertz. Barcelona are playing very well at the moment. Um, and you see, if you've seen any of those results and you're, or you're just hearing from the podcast and you heard all the different goal scorers in those games, you will like to notice that more guys are contributing to the Barcelona cause, which is the reason why they sit ninth at the moment. But one of the main keys is the play from Kai Havertz. That is my top 10 for now. On to the wonderful teams in D1. Let's go from 10 to 1. AC Milan at 10. I have yet to see this team really lose badly. So I'm not going to knock them off my top 10 list just yet. Spurs do come off the list. Uh, I Maybe in the next uh, power rankings they get on there with the good results between LAFC uh, and the way that they've played in the cup. We'll, I'll wait. I'll hold off on that. At number 9 I have Manchester United. We have yet to see Joey play this month in July, but I do expect that all the games are going to come in and he will handle business as he always does. I have Aventus at eight just ahead of him. The attacking play from Aventus in that final third is still to be revered and to me, one of the best qualities for their team. However, they can't go higher on my list for right now, mostly because the defense has been so bad of late. I could say kind of the same with Liverpool, but a little bit more, the inconsistency of the midfield has not been there. A little bit of bad luck to go along with that, and right now they drop off my list. They have not been as violently attacking as they've been in the past, and maybe something needs to change just a bit, and maybe to tweak it mid-season window could help. We'll see. This team is still very talented, and they're coming off the best offseason in their league's history. There is some stuff still to do, but I expect Liverpool to do it. As for LAFC, they sit sixth. They have been on a great run, and with lesser games, have been able to amass tons of points. Now, the last two losses have really affected them. I talked about that in the previous segment, but let's not lose sight of how good this LAFC, has done, LAFC team has done with the limited amount of resources that they've had. As for Wolves, they come in at five. I think the best, one of the best attacks in the league does deserve to be high up on the list, but it's the defense that scares me for Andrew's team at the moment. That is the only thing I would worry about. Obviously, it looks like they're not going to advance in the FA Cup, even though that's not something I factor in. It has just been more of uh, an amass of things that are continue to happen for Wolves in a negative way, where they continue to score goals, but they can't stop them from going in. At number four, I have Club America, a team that does not allow many goals to go past them. They have been one of the best defenses in the league. And, of course, they have some talent back there with Van Dyke. And, of course, Dracosha being the best clean sheet guy right now in the league has really given me a reason to put them in the top four for now. I do think they need to make an improvement in their attacking game and play a little bit more fluidly. But like I said, with guys like Nicolas Pepe being as good as he's been so far this season, we're not going to knock the performances of the attacking team just yet. But I want to see maybe a little bit more from Club America in that particular area. 
at number three is Augsburg, and just barely at number three. I wanted to put maybe Wolves and them uh, and Wolves and America a little bit above him, but just for the benefit of the doubt in the season he's still having, he's still in second. Yes, the loss and the tie to Barcelona and the loss to Atletico Nacional is big in the grand scheme of the season, but for the most part, one of the best defenses, one of the best overall teams talent-wise in the league, but maybe this patient approach sometimes that Roman does take to his games where he wants to play with less tenacity and a little bit more technical ability Maybe the tenacity needs to outweigh that tactical awareness and that technical ability that they do have and just play the game. Just attack like you normally do. Let's not think too hard about what we're doing. I think that's been a little bit of his issue of late. We'll see if he could rebound from those two bad results. As for the teams at 2-1, and one, Lyon at 2, Chelsea at 1. I'm not willing to put Lyon above Chelsea just yet. Uh, of course, because of what Chelsea has done recently. But Santi and Lyon have been dipping down a bit in form I'm not saying that in a bad way and it's not much of a drop-off but the fact is this was already hinted at in the fact that they do not shoot the ball very well teams have started to take notice and they are starting to pay attention to the fact that if I can get Santi to take bad shots I'm going to give myself a chance to win this game and or get a point from this game on to number one for for Chelsea Chelsea are the best team in the league right now the contribution from guys like Dybala, the fact that Salah has 10-plus assists, and the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo is looking like he's going to shatter the single-season goals record uh, tenfold uh, has been the reason why they have been so good. Obviously, the best offense in the league. They are looking like they're going to amass 100 goals for this season, and they are starting to turn things up. It didn't start all that well for Chelsea, but now it looks like the tank is starting to roll, and it doesn't look like anyone's going to be able to stop them. We will see, of course, how that goes in the future, but those are my power rankings for everything so far this season. I hope you guys enjoyed that part of the podcast. Um, I will be right back to give you my goodbyes, and that'll be it for this podcast for this week. Okay, guys, so before I end the podcast, I'd just like to very quickly thank Edison and Evan for uh, contributing to the podcast. And, of course, I wasn't able to get Edison's a voice on the podcast because he sent everything through Facebook. In the future, if we could send it to Anchor, that is more than okay with me. If you just want to talk to me on Facebook, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's exactly what we did. I didn't make too much of it because Edison couldn't send me something, um, and that's okay. If I select you for team of the of the week to talk about, don't panic. I'm not going to judge you if you're not ready. You say, George, can we do it next week? Let me know. Don't be afraid to tell me something like that along those lines. Of course, once again. Thank you to Evan. He was amazing. He continues to want to be on the podcast, so I am more than open to letting him be on there. I like guys that are expressive about their teams and very honest about who's going to stay and who's not. I was one of those guys that I'm like, I don't really care about this guy. I get him the hell out of here. You know, you take a cup price deal for him, get him out of the team. That's okay. Those are things that happen in real soccer. You heard me talk about Gareth Bale's deal. Those are things that happen. I like you guys being honest. That's what makes things fun. It makes the podcast really exciting. As for everything else, guys, if there's feedback and you don't want to do it on Facebook, you have the San Pedro FIFA League page on Instagram. You can find me at, I will be on there today. I will be on there all week uh, for the most part. So if you send that to me, I will see it. Um, Before this car alarm continues to go off, because apparently this person can't steal this car properly, I will uh, say goodbye to you guys and you'll hear from me next week. Of course, Wednesdays from now on are when you guys will hear this podcast. Thank you so much. I'm George Tello. This has been the San Pedro FIFA League Podcast. You guys have a good week.